It's that time again. Time for the Go I.O. Go Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Today we have Jim Anest from Denver, Colorado, and Ryan Yarbrough, who's down there in Houston. So let's give them a big round of applause. There's the virtual studio audience. So, gentlemen, welcome to the Go I.O. Go Roundtable, edition number four for 218. Uh, Jim, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jeff. I have to tell you, I would just compliment you in that uh, your, your virtual audience. They're always very optimistic, and they always sound... Like they're ready to hear this uh, this special podcast. Well, they uh, they don't throw anything either, so that's another positive uh, <laughs> positive from them. Uh, we have Ryan Yarborough. How you doing, sir? Uh, this is your second uh, time on the uh, Go I O Go uh, Cowboy Roundtable. Welcome. How you doing? Hey, thank you very much for having me back. Uh, so, uh, so if I get a chance to come back twice, that means I did okay the first time around. Oh, you did so great. We had we had a lot of great comments. Uh, they were uh, a lot of people were um, uh, uh, thrilled to see a former uh, Wyoming player, a great receiver, uh, joining us for this. So, uh, and you always bring a you always bring a fresh perspective. Uh, all us old fogies, all us fans. You know, we got our opinions, but you actually played the game, so uh, that uh, you can keep us straight. I hope. Uh. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just trying to stay dry down here. It's uh, hurricane season down in Houston, so that's all I'm doing. Right now. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys are uh, well. You're not you're not in the crosshairs for this one just yet. So the one that's just off the coast. Um, my son, being a Virginia Tech uh, alumnus and fan, uh, he was going to go over to Blacksburg and watch them play ECU, Eastern Carolina University, but. Uh, they've canceled the game. ECU's not coming because of the hurricane. Wow. So um, uh, that's kind of a, a tough thing. And uh, there's been some other cancellations I've seen up and down the uh, East Coast as far as football games are concerned. So it's going to be a big one. And uh, hopefully um, all those people down there are safe. Uh, uh, I had <clears throat> spent a career working for FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And so... Uh, I know uh, I've been to several of these kinds of events, so I know that they can be tough, and uh, our hearts and minds and prayers are with those people down there, and hopefully they get through Florence okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, I hate to be wearing sackcloth and ashes and dark clothes, but uh, we're uh, come home from a not-too-great weekend. Uh as uh, we all know, the Cowboys faced the Tigers from Missouri and came away from that from a uh, 40 to 13 loss or 40 to six, no, 40 to 16 loss, I believe. Did I get that right? Um, 40, uh, 40 uh, to 13. Three more points, Jeff, but we would have taken them, but it's 40 to 13. Yeah, that's right. It's 40 to 13. I would have given, yeah, I would have given a lot more points than 40 to 13. But yeah, uh, I went to the game, happened to see that in. Uh, person uh you guys watch it on tv i assume yes i did jeff i was uh, down in cabo mexico and i watched the game on my cell phone 
Oh, gosh. That must have been great. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, I certainly did watch it. I watched um, I watched it all, all the way through, as a matter of fact, so I've seen all the 13 points. Yeah, well, I tell you, uh, uh, we were down on the sidelines. A uh, buddy I traveled with out there um, had gotten sideline tickets to the um, Cowboy Joe auction. And I tell you, from the ground level, uh, football, you know, it's been years since I've been on, uh, on the sidelines of a football game. Uh, but from the ground level, you should get a different perspective. Uh, uh, I, uh, my buddy said that uh, they look a little bit faster and bigger down there than they do from the stands. Uh, that was a hell of a team, that Missouri team. Uh, yeah, Missouri, yeah, Missouri um, they, they were pretty, like you said, they were pretty fast, um, especially on the defensive end. I, I noticed that a lot in the their receivers without question and running back. So pretty much the whole team, and plus they run a up-tempo offense. So that's, that's kind of tough as well, especially on the road. Well, now, uh, uh, Bowl said that with that, uh, they hadn't seen that in any of their previous tape. And so they kind of sprung that on the Cowboys. Uh, um, uh, they didn't show any of that in the previous game. And, um, and uh, they didn't have any of that in the, you know, last couple of games in the last year. So, uh, that was something surprising. Uh, and then that quarterback, Locke, uh, he was fabulous. I don't think the guy missed that many. Uh, uh, he was putting them in the right place, and those receivers of his were catching them. So uh, it was a tough a tough night for the uh, secondary, Wyoming secondary. But, you know, Jeff, uh, it didn't really surprise us because the score at halftime was only 16-0. to so it's not a game that, you know, at that point was any way out of hand. And once again, you know, not scoring obviously is always a problem, but not scoring on the road against a quality opponent like Missouri makes it even more problematic. But to be down only 16 to nothing at halftime, um, at least gave, I think, all of us some hope that if we could just get this offense cranked up a little bit, we might hang with these guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, I think uh, Andrew Wingard made that point, too, in his uh, post-game comments that, uh, you know, they were down 16, and they just didn't uh, 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 get it done in the second half. Uh, but Bowl mentioned that uh, uh, he, he had seen that uh, Logan Wilson had already been in 46 plays in the first half. And uh, that's a game's worth of plays, you know, for a lot of people. So uh, they were pretty well worn down. Uh, couldn't get off the field. And uh, unfortunately, our offense couldn't stay on the field. So uh, those were uh, uh, bad combinations if you're playing a football game. Uh, now, uh, you know, Jeff, just before we do, I was just oh, looking was at say. the possession time in the first quarter and the second quarter. And if you look at the possession time, actually uh, Wyoming had the ball for 16 minutes and four seconds. And um, um, Missouri had the ball for um, uh, 13 minutes and 56 seconds. <laughs> so we actually had the possession time in our favor in the first half as well. So it's it just true. was a really an odd game again. 
but you know, all too often it's the same result of whenever we play a, a power five team. And, and I think that's a lot of what we're starting to sense uh, some of the sentiment that's starting to, to occur. Yeah. There's, uh, as you know, you've been on the board, a uh, lot of disappointment, a lot of disappointment um, uh, with the performance of these two past games. Uh, a lot of despair too. Uh, I don't have that sense of despair, uh, but um, a lot of fans have uh, really gotten uh, been out of shape over these two losses. Well, let me ask let me ask you, Ryan. Uh, you, when you played, uh, did you uh, did you have any occasion to lose a a football game by that kind of margin against uh, one of these bigger teams? Um, one of my biggest losses that I can remember was against BYU and. It was at BYU on the road, just like uh, our guys went down this past week on the road. But just going back on some of what happened last week, uh, sometimes the time of possession can be deceptive because when they scored, they scored kind of quick. That's true. And uh, Yeah, they scored kind of quick. And once again, um, that can be deceptive. But as far as with me and when I played and we lost – big like that yeah you want to get over it as quick as possible because you have to go on to the next game and that's what uh that's what our guys i know coach Bo is getting the guys prepared this week uh with wofford because definitely they're they're 2-0 as i've seen right now and i also seen that they're fcs team but they're a good fcs team uh they won conference last year so this won't be a team that, that we'll just overlook and just chalk up a W going into this week because um, you can't overlook teams like that, like Appalachian State and, of course, where, where Coach Bowl came from, North Dakota. You know, they, they have good teams as well. So we have to definitely put this past loss behind us and um, get down to business this week. You know, Ryan, you're so correct on that. I, one of Coach Bowl's saying that he uses often and i know the team does but you know you've probably heard of this over the years is you don't want to let a team beat you twice and so you know you're right you just have to move on and uh, there's a lot of football in front of us and as jeff mentions you know probably the the crown jewel at this point in the development of this program is not only getting to the a championship game but now being in a position where we're annually competing for a conference championship. And I, and I think we're pretty close. You know, it certainly would have been nice to have won one of these games. But realistically, I think all of us thought that, you know, if we come out of these first three games at one and two, you know, that probably is realistic. And with the game coming up, if after our four, first four games we were two and two, I think for the most part that most fans that are realistic – would have felt that's probably where we should be. Yeah, yeah, and that, that'll be fine, um, especially if we win this week um, because I see we have a bye week in between there, and then we're going up against Boise State. And as as what I've been saying this year, we, we, we'll we be okay. We'll be okay. Now, that'll be a good game against Boise State because obviously they're the top team in the conference, but um, – we have we have a pretty clean slate going going throughout the rest of the season, but I don't like to look too far ahead 
and obviously we have to take care of Wofford, get the confidence back going. Yeah, and and Wofford itself, uh, they're not they're not a pushover. I mean, they're an uh, upper tier uh, FCS team. Uh, they've been uh, in the hunt for the championship. I think did they go to the championship game last year? Uh, no, Jeff. They went to the quarterfinals and, ah, okay. and actually lost to uh, a connection that we have a lot of ties to. They lost to North Dakota State in the quarterfinals, uh, 42 to 10. So they got handled pretty well by Coach Bowles' old team. And I think that might be a yardstick as to where are we at. I mean, of course, the team from last year changes. I mean, the Wofford changed and, and we've changed. But North Dakota State handled the team that won their conference in the quarterfinals by a score of 42 to 10. And, you know, just looking at what should happen on Saturday, we're at home. Uh, Wofford's traveling cross-country to get to Laramie. It's not the easiest of travels. And so that yardstick of 42 to 10 is maybe something we ought to all have in the back of our mind and see how we're doing at the end of next game. Yeah, and the other the other factor, and this again we mentioned the hurricane. They they come from South Carolina, and right. uh, I'm sure they're thinking about their families and their friends back at um, uh, South Carolina as they come out to Laramie. While, you know, in the in the um, in the in the aftermath of that storm. So, uh, not that not that I'm, I'm pleased by that, but that's a factor in the game. I would imagine without question and, and hopefully we can uh, make their stay not too comfortable <laughs> to say the least <laughs> to say the least um well uh what else do we know about them um from what i've known and when i looked up about them they're a running team uh pretty much uh last week the quarterbacks had some good statistics they put up like 59 points but their starting quarterback only threw eight times, but he was like eight for nine with a couple of touchdowns. And the backup, I don't know if it was a backup quarterback or not, but he only passed the ball like six or seven times. And uh, from the first couple of games, I see that they rush a lot. So I know that our defense handles the rush very well uh, because I know our front seven are some studs. They're, they're really fast to the ball and our safeties as well. I mean, those guys been starting since their freshman year so they know each other you know like brothers from another mother to say the least you know so I think we'll be pretty good up front and um and hopefully we can um do a few things with with our quarterback you know let let him be free a little bit going into a conference um with Boise State so try a couple of things and take the leashes off of him because he can definitely throw the ball it's just about uh getting his confidence and getting him into the scheme where he's comfortable. And Jeff, you know, <clears throat> just following up with what Ryan said, he's absolutely correct. This is a, this is a good FCS team. I think they're rated seventh right now in the FCS poll. And last year, obviously for them to be into the playoffs, they were the league champion of the Southern league last year. And, you know, they were 10-2 uh, and two last year in their play. Their only two losses, I thought, were very fairly respectable losses to Power 5 teams. They lost to Old Miss 38-13. Uh, to 13. And then towards the end of the season, you know, it looked like they held their own against South Carolina 
uh, losing 31 to 10. But also during their year last year, they also had a lot of close wins as well. So that's how they got to their 10 and 2 win or record. And as I mentioned earlier, when they went into the quarterfinal play, they pretty much got handled fairly easily by North Dakota State. Uh, you know, they're a small school. They're in uh, a town called Spartanburg, South Carolina. They have a enrollment of all of 1,700 students. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a small school. Um, I kind of get a kick out of, uh, you know, they're from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And, and Jeff and Ryan, wouldn't you think that if they're from Spartanburg, that they should be called the Spartans? <laughs> rather than be named after a small little peppy dog called the Terriers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, I thought that was kind of amusing. And another interesting fact too, and we had this happen earlier when Mike Leach, you know, came to the stadium, hopefully with a different result this time, and I'm sure that will be the case, is that their head coach, uh, Josh Conklin, who came over in his, in his first year at Walford, is a native of Gillette, Wyoming. <laughs> so he's a Wyoming native. Uh, he comes over to Wofford from spending the last three years as the defensive coordinator at Pitt. So, you know, he has some D1 experience. I mean, uh, he's seen very good D1 teams playing, having coached at Pitt for the last three years. So I suspect he has seen, you know, a lot of great teams, and uh, he'll be ready for the Cowboys and ready for the Cowboy defense. So the only thing they do, I think they do correct, is that at least their school colors are halfway correct. <laughs> they are black and gold. So um, if uh, they got half of the equation correct. And, you know, that's the one thing I always have felt about Wyoming and being from Wyoming is just being so proud that we have a unique color scheme of the brown and gold and also the iconic symbol of on the helmet of Steamboat is just so recognized throughout the the country and the world to some extent. Like I mentioned to you last week down in Mexico, uh, my car obviously has Wyoming plates on it. And you can't believe how many people in the parking lot, you know, mention that, you know, what are you doing down here from Wyoming? So it was, it was just really nice to see that. But anyway, that's kind of a summary, Jeff, of who Wofford is. Uh, this year, they're like Ryan said, they're two and O. Uh, their first uh, their wins were against uh, uh, two teams. The first one, they just barely beat uh, the Citadel, 28-21 uh, to 21 in their opener. And the Citadel right now is 0-2, so it's not a, a, a great team. And then last week, they beat up on VMI by the score of 59-14. to 14. And VMI is not a good team. Uh, football team at all they're also 0 and 2 so Wofford's both wins are against 0 and 2 teams and VMI last week for instance uh, lost uh, or the week before lost 63 uh, to 3 to Toledo and then obviously they lost last week 59 to 14 to Wofford so that's kind of a background of the Wofford Terriers well I'm very familiar with VMI they're here in Virginia in Lexington uh, and so um, uh, they're a military school, and um, uh, they're a, a really good school. But they, you know, they don't get a lot of the big athletes. So yeah, they they usually struggle. So well, that's a good indication. Uh, I I 
firmly believe that Wyoming is going to handle these guys. Um, I think that they're going to be focused. Um, I think that the uh, the seniors, uh, Winger, and those other guys, uh, Wilson, those guys are going to um, uh, get the rest of the team ready for this. So uh, I'm fairly confident that they're going to handle them pretty well. And like you said, there's probably an expectation or at least a very close observation by our fans uh, that really want to see a uh, a uh, blowout. I hate to say that, but, uh, well, Coach Bull doesn't really blow people out. <laughs> he, he, he'll get a comfortable lead and then uh, kind of take off it off the throttle. He's not one of these guys that like to run it up. So, um, But uh, I think he'll get a good win. I, I concur, Jeff. I, I believe that our guys will come out uh, focused because one thing I he really doesn't, um, like you said, he take his, he might take his foot off the pedal if as far as paying attention and taking care of their responsibilities. And um, it doesn't matter who it is, he'll get in anybody's throat. And I've seen that a, n- a number of times on whether it's offensive guy or defensive guy. So one thing he's going to do is make sure that they stay focused. And that's what we need because I know the fans at 7,220 feet are very hungry for <laughs> for a W and are expecting you know great things come Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm just wondering how um, how that's going to affect attendance. Is, does anybody looked at the weather? Um, I haven't had a well, chance. Jeff, the weather forecast is fantastic. It's in the upper 70s, low 80s. Oh, and wow. sunny, no clouds. It's going to be a perfect day for football in Laramie. Awesome. Well, good, good. I wish I could go. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's televised anywhere. Uh, I'm going to have to lif- listen to uh, Dave and Kevin uh, over the uh, over the computer here. Uh, those guys, huh? Yeah, those guys. Hey, there. I I love watching the uh, watching. I love listening to those guys. Uh, you know, when I can't see it. And a lot of times I like to play them and watch it, but the sinking is so bad that, you know, uh, I remember watching a game one time, they were way ahead of the TV, and so uh, I would hear Dave say, and a touchdown, and then I'd look over at the TV, and then two plays later, we'd make a touchdown. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pulling a few legs with that. Those are the best guys that I could ever even imagine listening to uh on the game with, without question that's when it comes to wyoming football that's all i know though as far as oh they're excellent yeah absolutely I, I i've heard other uh sportscasters for other teams and uh, uh i don't think i've heard anyone that's better than them and that's no. that's that's a pretty biased opinion on my part but uh, <laughs> uh i just really well, you haven't know, jeff going Back into time, and you're aware of this, and Ryan, you may be as well, but, you know, Wyoming's really had a storied history of some great announcers. Oh, uh, yeah. Right before uh, Dave and, and Kevin, you know, Larry Berleffi just did a great job, and he was oh, yeah. such a uh, yeah. supporter of the university program, and, and yes. there for a long time, if you recall, the, Wyoming used to have three networks that would attend games and there would be three different networks um, with radio broadcasts of University of Wyoming football. 
<laughs> and I remember Jack Slothauer and George K from KTWO and Casper. And then I think it was George Benson, and I can't remember the other, uh, his color guy, but the, at times and often, there was three uh, radio broadcasts of University of Wyoming football. And I recall one year when we were playing Arizona State, and for some reason I had to pick up the Arizona State broadcast, and they were commenting on the fact that Wyoming was just such an avid uh, fan base that they had three different radio stations (laughs) and broadcast teams that were picking up University of Wyoming football games. And of course, that was back in the 60s, and Jeff, we know what Wyoming football was like back in those days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the um, those days um, back in um, uh, Lloyd Eaton and uh, uh, the mid '60s to the late '60s, um, uh, and then of course uh, Ryan. Now you uh, again, you told me this last time, and I've totally I I apologize. I've totally spaced this out again. But you you played for you played for Roach, right? And and also yes. Roach uh, and also Tiller. See, your young mind serves you well, Pat. What are you oh, talking about? Right, you, have well, you, know, was, uh... <laughs> you have a great mind. Yes, I played for uh, Coach Tiller and then, I mean, excuse me, Coach Roach initially. And then when he was the athletic director and the head coach at the same time, and then he just took on the duties of athletic director. And then Coach Tiller came in my sophomore year. So you had him, so you had Tiller through the balance of your, of your career, uh, and then um, Tiller again, I guess, what, did he leave a year after you left? Uh, no, I think he was there for a few more years after I left, maybe around two or three years after uh, I left. And, uh, yeah, I could say we grew together, to say the least. Yeah, I think he had like five years. I think he had a five- or six-year uh, tenure there. Uh, unfortunately, since uh, since those days, that's about the, the average. The average of a Wyoming coach's career uh, since that time, uh, you know, you get. Uh, I think Demo was how long was Demo here? He was uh, four seasons. Am I not? Yeah, he was here three or four, and of course, before that, you know, you had where Wyoming went through the coaches as they moved on, with Erickson being here what just one year, right? And you know, Pat Dye being here only of. One year. Two years, I believe. Was it two? And then obviously Fred Akers was only here for a couple of years as well. But, you know, as we talk often, is that the the good part of that was that those were coaches leaving pretty good teams and moving on. Uh, and recently we've really not had that. But, I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, and I think we all agree, is that we're really at the cusp, I believe, of, of getting this turned around and setting the foundation and coach bowl. I think he understands that he understands the need for a foundation. I know as fans that a lot of us, uh, want to see this thing turned around even quicker, but you know, it's there, you know, we've won eight games the past two years. We've been to two bowl games. We've been to a championship game. And if somebody would have told us, would we take that five years ago? I think that all of us would have said absolutely. Yes. Oh, of course, of course. Um, uh, maybe uh, I, I can't say that we're getting spoiled, but uh, with Josh uh, Allen leaving and Brian Hill and all that crew uh, having left, uh, 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 
the program's not to the point where we're just flipping over and re uh, what do they call it reloading. Uh, we're not to that point yet. We still have to develop players and get up to that. But I think that um, uh, even now we're in better stead than uh, we were some years ago under previous coaches. So uh, I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive. Uh, Let's go real quick through the play-by-play. I just want to say, you know, we played Missouri. Let's get through this real quick. Um, You know, uh, Missouri um, scored um, a field goal in the first quarter. Uh, That made it up, uh, you know, three-zip. And then um, they scored um, another 10 points in the second quarter, making it 13, uh, 13 to nothing. Uh, and then uh, Wyoming um, finally got on the uh, uh, board uh, in the um, uh, where was it? In the third quarter. Yeah, in the third quarter, uh, with uh, Roth um, kicking a, um, a 51-yard uh, field goal. Here, let's listen to Dave Walsh. A 51-yard field goal. The ball will be spotted. At the 41, Nick Spore, the holder. The snap is back. The kick is away, and it is good. <laughs> and it's good. So that uh, that got us on uh, got us on the board um, in the third quarter. Uh, the um, well, the one thing, Jeff, is you've really haven't mentioned is how Cooper has really matured as a kicker. Yeah. I mean, that was his longest field goal to date, a 51-yarder. And this year, if, I, if I'm correct, I don't think he's missed a field goal attempt this year. So no, I don't he, think I so. I think he's perfect with his field goal kicking as well as uh, his after, you know, point afters. So, uh, you know, that is a positive uh, growth there as far as how he's doing. And, you know, I think later on in the year, his dependability might – be a key in the game. Yeah, he yeah. Um, uh, he uh, uh, is is re- old Mister Reliable, and um, uh, he's been a he's been a force. Um, I guess he's a he's a junior this year, or is he a senior? He's a junior. Jeff. He's a junior, so I got him one more year. Okay, well that's good. So um, after that, then uh, after his field goal, it was uh, three to twenty three in uh, the third quarter. And then, uh, again, uh, uh, Missouri uh, drove the field and scored again with um, uh, 252. Uh, what was that? Oh, and 437, I mean, in the third quarter, making it 3-30. to 30. And then Wyoming um, got on the board with a uh, touchdown run by... Um, uh, Mr. Bigelow here. Let's listen to that. At the seven-yard line, Vanderwall gives it to Bigelow. He breaks free, and he's in. Touchdown, Cowboys. So, uh, he I thought he had a pretty good game. I mean, he had the fumble. I think he had um, earlier in the first half, he had a fumble early in the game. Fortunately, the defense was able to hold. But uh, I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he did. That, that's the freshman, correct? Yeah, that, he's a freshman. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I like his running style, uh, especially 
to be a freshman coming straight out of high school. He has a nice running style. And uh, like you said, the fumble, he'll get that together, you know, going throughout the season and throughout the rest of his career because obviously high school is a little different from college. But uh, he runs pretty hard, and uh, he, he has some elusiveness to him as well. So I look forward to big things from him throughout the future. Now, now well, we Ryan, have... I agree. I just I, – I really like that young man as far as his running. He has mm-hmm. the size that I know Coach Bowl looks for. He's 6'2", 215. Oh, yeah. uh, but more importantly, he's a, just a great young man. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him when we did a, a tour – of the high altitude performance center there in early August. And he happened to be just coming through the facility when a bunch of us there were touring the new facility. And he made a point to stop and speak with us and extremely, extremely articulate young man. So you can see that not only does he have physical abilities, but he has just great mental uh, focus and the ability to, I think, to really grasp a playbook. So I think he's going to be a, a real plus for this Cowboy team. Yeah, I think so, too. He's uh, he's going to develop nicely, I believe. And uh, uh, he's uh, – I'm glad that we've got him because uh, Nico has um, been injured – has injured ribs, and I, don't, I think he's doubtful for the um, – for this game uh, against Wolford. Uh, if, if I recall um, what Coach Bull had said, uh, but that just gives him more reps and, and against a um, a manageable uh, opponent. So uh, that's all to the good, I think. It gives uh, Nico a chance to to rest, get those ribs straightened out, and another week of uh, the bye week, and uh, hopefully he's ready to go uh, against um, the Bronx of uh, Boise State. Um, after that. So, yeah. You know, that's really setting up for a big game, Jeff, because, you know, I'm just going to go out and say we're going to win on Saturday. We'll be 2-0. and We'll have a week by uh, Nico Evans. I think will be healed up. I, if he had to play on Saturday, I suspect that he probably could, but it makes no sense to do that. And at that time, especially if Boise State knocks off Oklahoma State this weekend, uh, you could see a Boise State team coming into Laramie again, possibly in the top 20. And, boy, does that sound familiar to mm-hmm. what happened a couple of years ago when they came into Laramie rated number 13 of the nation, and we knocked them off. So, you know, maybe the forces and the football gods are looking for us here, and, and everything's going to be A-OK after that Boise State game, let's hope. Yeah, oh, yeah, that um... – We've only beat him once in 10 years or however long we've been playing him. So it would be nice to get him again. And uh, that like you said would set up the um, set up the rest of the um, rest of the year um, uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, after the game was over, um, you know, Roth uh, Roth hit another field goal and then um, uh, Dave had a chance to talk to uh, uh, Coach Bull after the game you in this one but uh, a very good football team your thoughts on this one well we got physically whooped it's been a couple years since this has happened Uh, I can probably remember Michigan State and inflicting a lot of stuff and so 
you know, I'm concerned about the, you know, you know, our guys went in there in battle. I'm just concerned how many guys we're going to hop on the plane to have play next week. But uh, they're a very good football team. Uh, they had the number one offense in the SEC last year. And uh, 10 of the 11 guys are back. And so that group really proved to be uh, explosive. You know, I thought we were off track offensively in the first half. You know, they got a very imposing defensive front. Um, and they weren't taxed the week before. You know, they played very limited. And so uh, we got their best shot tonight. I, I think, um, you know, they did. Missouri did a nice job up-tempoing us. We probably didn't handle that uh, very well. But we got to lick our wounds and get ourselves ready to go for this next week. We can't let one team beat us twice. Oh, certainly so. Uh, Locke was everything we'd heard about, but that was a remarkable stat on the uh, third down conversions, Coach, 14 of 20, and that, mm -hmm. was, that was a big, big Well, team. that's why I think he's going to be a top first-round pick, Kevin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Coach, uh, again, uh, next up, and uh, we'll take on Wofford on Saturday. Okay. Huh? Let's go home. Right. Yep. Okay, that's uh, – that was Coach Bowl after the game, uh, obviously disappointed, but he did point out that um, uh, uh, Missouri Tigers uh, had a little something else up the sleeve and uh, uh, that quarterback. So I guess that's the just time to roll that one up and put it in the closet and move on. Yeah, absolutely, because both, both the teams that we played, um, Washington State a couple of weeks ago in Missouri, their upper echelon teams in their conference as well. So it's not just like we're playing uh, Pac-12 or uh, SEC, any SEC team or anything like that. We're playing some guys that are that are pretty good, you know, not just to say that they're in a particular conference. They're good in that conference as well. So like I said, we just got to a gauge of where we stand right now, but this is once again, it's only the third going into the fourth game of the season. So I think we'll be fine. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we listen to um, what Bull had to say uh, Monday at his press, uh, at his press conference. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, in reference to the Missouri game, I would say they were better than advertised. Uh, I, I did know, uh, speaking with Coach Odom during the course of the summer, I could tell that their football program was acutely aware of where we were at, and so their preparation, any thoughts of, uh, of us going in and being overlooked were not accurate at all. I, I knew that wasn't going to be the case, and um, I think they're going to win a lot of football games. How they fare in the SEC, I don't know, but... I think they're uh, they're excellent, and I think the quarterback's better than advertised. Uh, my sense is he's going to be uh, in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy, and uh, we played a Heisman Trophy winner a couple of years ago, and I don't think this guy's too far off. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, there was uh, it was going to be a game that we were going to need to play. I don't want to say air-free, but pretty doggone air-free. I do think we cleaned up the penalties, so I was pleased about that. We didn't have a lot of self-inflicted wounds. But, um, you know, they're a good football team, and they're ready to play. And um, I thought at times, uh, you know, defensively at the beginning part of the game, uh, we were really uh, a competitive. And then as the game went along, I thought we lost our edge defensively, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And it kind of flipped uh, offensively in the, uh, uh, 
you know, in the first half, we I thought we were struggling offensively, and then we got some things going in the second half. And so as a result, what we've got to be able to do is put those two back-to-back, and that'll be important uh, this week. As far as injuries, I, I do think Josh Harshman will be uh, uh, out for a significant amount of time. We'll get uh, some more imp- information today concerning his MRI, but a pretty significant knee injury. We're certainly hoping for the best for Josh and that we can have him back as we as we go. Uh, moving forward, uh, Wofford's 2-0 and right now. Whoops. Wofford's 2-0. and um, You know, they were a 10-win football team that went uh, deep in the playoffs last year. Uh, coach Conklin's a, a new head coach, but... Uh, you know, he's got a real familiarity with Wofford. Uh, he had coached there before, and also he hails from Gillette. Uh, he was at Pittsburgh, and our defensive staff did a professional visit there. So he's a prince of a guy and a heck of a heck of a coach. And as he starts out, he's 2-0 and as a head football coach. Offensively, they have not changed a whole lot through the years. They've had the same offensive coordinator for maybe – 20, 30 years. I mean, been there a long time, and and we have got a great deal of experience coaching against that scheme. And so um, they'll play two quarterbacks. Uh, they're very creative what they do with their option scheme. They have answers to what you uh, throw up against them defensively. They operate out of a three-down look. Big, strong guys up front, some 300-pounders. Uh, the, the, their secondary is always in position, which gives you an indication that uh, – you know, they're well coached. And so uh, anytime you play a team that's undefeated, uh, we have a big opportunity and a big challenge for us. It's going to be important that we uh, uh, lick our wounds a little bit. There's no doubt uh, this last game was a tough physical game on us, but I've always believed this competition brings out the best in you. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And we're going to, we're going to move forward as a football team. So that's kind of where we're at. Well, that was Coach Bowl and his presser on Monday. Uh... Any impressions, uh, Jim? Well, you could sense that uh, he wasn't very happy with with the outcome, and uh, he was concerned about some of the injuries. You know, I think this is going to be a little bit of old school for him playing an FCS team, and I think he's going to have a good uh, game plan for what's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I I think that – they're pretty comfortable in their skin. Now, uh, someone asked um, ask him about the uh, Wolford scheme, and uh, they're kind of an option team, a running team, as uh, you said, Ryan. Let's listen to what he had to say yeah. about that. Well, they, they do what they do. Um, they, they, they have elements of option, elements of shotgun, quarterback under center, uh, <clears throat> you know, zone schemes. They, they can throw the ball while they don't throw the ball a ton. All those things are unique, and uh, they pose a lot of challenges. So um, uh, they were talking about comparisons with the Air Force and with New Mexico. Uh, our team, uh, our defense has, has seen uh, this option kind of football before, and they've actually performed well against uh, uh, option-type teams. Yeah, I, I think um, it's our strengths against their strengths uh would it basically come down to our defense against their offense um like i said our defense is very stout against the run and against the option um uh Wynier, i don't mean to pronounce his name incorrectly but he'll be coming up flying up he'd probably have around 20 tackles oh wind yeah 
And Drew Wingard, Wingard yeah. yeah. Wingard, uh-huh. It'll probably have around 20 tackles uh, this game, um, to say the least. So what it's going to come down to is us wanting to win, you know, us having the will to win and having the fans behind us, you know, because our fans, they'll be there and they'll they'll give us that extra energy, you know, throughout the four quarters. And then uh, hopefully we can wear Wofford down sooner than later. But obviously that 7,220 feet always wears people down in the second half. Well, and they're a, they're a, um, they're a sea level team. So uh, we'll certainly remind yeah. them of that. <laughs> yeah, we, we just have to wrap up, uh, make some good tackles and not let them get extra yards. And as far as their passing, like I said, uh, the quarterback, one quarterback was eight for nine and the other was like six for seven. So they know how to pick and choose when they're going to, you know, pass. And that obviously they're efficient with their passing when they do pass. So we can't take that for granted either. Now, I did think it was kind of funny that uh, this is a second uh, visiting team in a row where the head coach is a native of Wyoming. So <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's got to that's got to be a first, I think. I, I don't <laughs> Well, Wyoming is it looks like it's uh the breeding grounds for head football coaches. So, Jeff, maybe you still have a chance here. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 a I'm a solid um Armchair quarterback here, so I don't think I'm going to be losing. Well, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about the the peewee, peewee. (laughs) Oh yeah, well that that maybe I could I could maybe do that maybe. maybe. All right, let's get this in perspective. Yeah, yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, I was going to say that's a whoo, but everybody thinks they know how to coach, you know, and everybody knows uh, the typical fan. There's an old saying. There's an old saying, a coach that listens to the fans in the stands will be there short, be joining them shortly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, um, speaking of coaches, uh, you can understand maybe why Walford has a, as a, a solid uh, foundation as well is that I was just looking that they're, well, this coach is brand new in his second game. He uh, replaced a coach there at that school that coached at Wofford for 30 years. Mm. Wow. So uh, just imagine that, uh, having the same coach for 30 years. I mean, just think how many coaches we've gone through in the past 30 years. Oh, my uh, And a lot of other schools as well. We could probably fill their stands with our coaches, you know, <laughs> over that period of time. <laughs> I mean, my uh, goodness. Speaking of stands, you know, we're, you know, I was looking at Wofford. You know, their uh, stadium holds eight thousand people, so it's about the size of you know one half of the old War Memorial Stadium. Uh, the original stands, if you took those original stands and cut them in half, would be about the size of the, the, the stadium that Wofford plays at. And so, you know, it also gives you a perspective of where we're at compared to where they're at. And, you know, hopefully on Saturday we have, and I agree, Coach Bowl is not going to run it up on anybody, nor should he, and he's too classy of a guy to do that. But, you know, it also shows you the level of uh, our program and where we should be at. I, However, saying that, it wasn't too long ago where I was at uh, the Cal Poly game in Laramie, and uh, 
I had a chance to speak with some of the assistant coaches and they were marveling at the facilities in Laramie. That was before the high altitude uh, facility and some of the other improvements we had made. And lo and behold, we, we all know what happened that day. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> the size of their locker room does not, um, uh, translate sometimes to the size and heart and skill of a team's, uh, efforts so yeah you we have to respect these guys i mean we i'm not saying uh wyoming the players the team has to respect them and uh take care of business uh i mean you know we we've uh, we've lost some games to some fcs guys and so uh it's not out of the realm of possibility but uh, uh katie bar the door if it were to happen uh, my goodness, I, I don't even. Well, think... <laughs> I think Jeff, that we're a more mature program now than mm-hmm. when that occurred a couple of years ago. Uh, in Coach Bull's um, second year at Wyoming, things have changed considerably, as well as the loss that we had at Cal Poly when uh, Coach Christensen was in charge of of the Cowboys. So I, I think there's a different mindset. There's a different foundation that's in place. And we certainly have the right uh, head coach in charge. Yeah, and, and you know it gets a little depressing when you're on the board, you know, and you um, you uh, see the reaction, uh, you know, the doom and gloom that uh, that uh, seems to prevail after a loss like this. But um, I, I really don't think it's as bad as as some people think it is. Um, I think that. Um, uh, I think that come uh, come with Boise State, given a good result there, um, we're going to see a whole different attitude on the board. That's for sure. Uh, if they can if they can turn that one around. Well, I think a, a yeah, way I to think, get I there think is, is the maturity of uh, of the quarterback, and hopefully, you know, then Tyler Vanderwall's had four games under his belt. Uh, he's had, uh, you know, an off week to uh, get ready for Boise State. And uh, a lot of this is just going to depend on the of the maturity of the offense and how they grow after this fourth game and what they do during the week before the Boise State game. And you were saying, yeah. Ryan? Yeah, I was about to say, I, I totally agree with Jim. Um, a lot is going to have to do with the offense because – uh, the defense can only carry you so far. Uh, by me being an offensive guy, <laughs> I, my 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 philosophy has always been who scores the most points wins, right? <laughs> That's because a pretty good one, yeah. A lot of defense, yeah, yeah, because a lot of defensive people, you know, think the opposite. But when you look at the scoreboard, I don't care if it's three to two, you know, the offense has to put more points up than the defense, I mean, than the other offense does. But Hopefully, like I was saying a little earlier, uh, they'll take leashes off of off of the quarterback just a little bit. You don't want to put too much, too much on them, but uh, just let him, you know, throw some quick passes because his strength is throwing the ball, and uh, just put him in position, uh, get his confidence together early in the game, and put it in the hands of our playmakers because we have plenty of playmakers, you know. Just get him the ball and let him do their thing and um, give him his confidence because the defense, like I said, 
they're they're excellent with uh, getting turnovers and rallying to the ball and everything. So I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. But once again, like I said, we have to take care of Wofford, even though it's not a conference game that can go a long way, you know, throughout the rest of the season is what happens this upcoming week. Oh, yeah. And I, but I, and speaking in Tyler, uh, watching the game in Missouri, I thought he looked uh, more confident, uh, even though, you know, he's across the line from SEC <laughs> team. I think he um, I think he handled the, um, uh, the, the huddle real well. I think he was in command. And uh, yeah. so... Uh, I think he's yeah, getting he's getting more and more, more confidence each and every week. I see that as well. Uh, and that just comes from repetition and uh, just seeing different schemes, you know, out there. And he's getting more and more comfortable. And that's that's the best thing, you know, that you can do is get reps. So he's he's definitely getting that in. So I, I think it'll be fine. Once again, like I said, just get out there and get him some quick hitches or some slants or something like that. Get the ball out of his hand and get it into the other guy's hands and let them do their thing versus him having to scramble, you know, like Josh Allen used to do and, and you know, make outstanding plays. You know, he's not necessarily at that point yet, but um, once again, he's he can really throw the ball. I can see that. Oh, yeah. I uh, know. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty, um, pretty evident. You know, guys, mm-hmm. uh, looking at the clock here, um, it's getting to be about that time, so you know you know what I do when it gets to be about that time. You Let's know. do it. All right, so I reach over here, and um, well, there we've come to the end of another cowboy. Roundtable. Ryan, I want to thank you for joining us all the way down there in Houston, Texas. Uh, we'll have you back again. Thank you for having me again. I look forward to coming back. All right. And Jim, uh, all the way out there in Parker, Colorado, uh, thanks for uh, showing up. Thank you, Jeff. And Ryan, it's just a pleasure to be on this podcast with you and to listen to all your great insight as a former great at the University of Wyoming. Yeah, and uh, let me second hey, that. Jim, you got me over here blushing, man. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Yes. And uh, let's give let's give a big hand to our uh, audience here. Yep, yeah, it's good to have those people around. We need them all the, all the chance we can get. You've been listening to the Go Wyo Go Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host Jeff Fry. We want to thank Jim Anest from Parker, Colorado, and Ryan Yarborough. Former Wyoming player who's living down in Houston. Want to thank them for joining us.
Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. We want to thank the University of Wyoming and Learfield Sports for providing the play-by-play.